I joined Billy's Patreon because there truly is no one like him. He and the work that he is doing is unique. It really feels like there are very few people out there that are working on sex positivity in general, uh, let alone a man who is doing it. And especially in a non-creepy, really awesome, open, and emotionally vulnerable way, it feels very fresh and very new. And uh, as a woman, it doesn't feel weird and creepy to listen to it, which, uh, again, it's just so refreshing. And I want to support Billy and make sure that you know, he is able to continue this work. So thank you, Billy, and congratulations. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all the click cleaners, ball washers, and sex toy sanitizers. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. I hope you're all washing your goddamn hands, everybody. Nothing like a global pandemic to remind us all about uh, basic hygienic principles. How you doing? Welcome to the show if you're new. Welcome back if you're not. Hope you're feeling well. And if you're not feeling well... Stay the fuck away from people. I don't know. I'm not freaking out too much about this whole thing. If anything, it's uh, it's more of an inconvenience, at least for me. Uh, but still trying to be smart. You know, where smart uh, makes sense. Like, I, you know, like on Saturday, I skipped uh, the sex part. I, I skipped Hacienda. I think that was a good move. Because you know what? Let's remember what Jefferson taught us. There's always another sex party. Right? There's always another bukkake. You can go to the next one when all this shit dies down a bit. Uh, I am proud of uh, my Hacienda peeps. Uh, they have canceled all upcoming events of over 50 people. I think that's wise and responsible. And I hope play party communities around the country and the world are considering similar measures. As my, uh, as my lovely girlfriend says, let's stick to the holes we know for now, you know? I do want to take this opportunity, and I'm not going to go into a rant on COVID-19, on the coronavirus or anything. I do want to say, I would like to advocate, by the way, if you're, if you're for, new, for new connections, new Tinder dates, uh, FetLife dates, Bumble dates, whatever. Uh, if one of you is feeling under the weather, meaning has a fever or is approaching a fever and has a chest cough, something respiratory... All right. Don't be selfish and be like, ah, I don't want to cancel the connection. The chemistry's great. I don't want us to like lose that, you know, waiting two weeks to, to for everything to settle down. Instead, may I advocate for keep your date and change it to a phone date. I want to advocate to bring back phone dates. Phone dates are great. You ever just talk to a new person on the phone for an hour? It's fucking wonderful. You know, a lot of times you might uh, schedule a first date. And you might block out two to three hours, maybe longer if the date goes like really well and gets all fun and sexual, right? Phone dates can be about an hour, hour and a half. They're super engaged. They're super cute. You have those like those giggly silences, you know, when you know it's going well, but neither of you knows quite what to say, but you're just happy to be on the phone somewhat connected to each other. Let's bring back phone dates, people. If you're slightly feeling under the weather, don't cancel, but don't show up. Instead, say, hey, 
I don't know how I'm feeling right now. Well, it's Corona shit. I want to put you at risk. Let's do a phone date. Not only do you get to keep your date, you sound responsible, which is sexy in the process. So that's that's all I'm going to throw out there. Um, we got a good show uh, this week, everybody. I've got on the co-host of the Shameless Sex Podcast, April Lampert. She is also a VP over at uh, Hot Octopus, which is a sex toy company that has uh, male sex toys. And I cannot wait to share her with y'all in a bit. But first, show dates, people, show dates, at least the show dates that have yet to be canceled. Uh, it's not, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing South by Southwest or anything here. Uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yes, they did not. I'm, I'm still coming to a comedy festival despite all of this shit because I need to be on a stage and have people pay attention to me for five to 30 minutes at a time. Uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. I got one more show at Laugh Fest, uh, tomorrow, March 12th at Dr. Grin's 9 p.m. Lebanon, New Jersey, March 25th. I'm emceeing a, uh, a show, there's going to be a band, and then uh, former guest of the show, Madeline Smith, she's going to be doing a set, uh, I'll be emceeing, I know this sounds weird, but if you want to come, email me for the address, because I don't know the name of the venue, but I have an address, it's weird. Uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, March 27th, I'm at Revolution Golf and Grill, Cincinnati, Ohio, April 17th, I'm at The Hub, and Leesburg, Indiana, April 18th, I'll be at Tippy Creek Winery, featuring over there. Of course, the most important show dates of them all, and uh, you know, I believe I said this last week, I'll remind you again, Manhorcon. Look, it's, it's not till August, we got time, I'm not canceling it anytime soon. But we did move the dates to March 20th to 23rd. So start blocking that out, checking your paid time off of work there. Uh, we're going to have a fun-ass whorehead weekend here in New York City in Brooklyn. And weekend passes are going to go on sale on Friday, April 3rd at noon Eastern time. Put that in your calendar because the sooner you get your weekend pass, the cheaper it'll be. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that next week. If you don't want to miss your opportunity to get uh, more affordable weekend passes to Manhorcon, make sure you are on the mailing list, which you can get on over at manhorpod.com. But also, uh, you know, go check your spam folder or your promotion folder or whatever. Go find my newsletter. Search, search my, you know, search Manhor Podcast in there. Open it. Uh, move them to your primary. Mark them not as spam. That way you don't uh, miss any important Manhor Podcast news. Oh boy, that was a lot of businessy stuff, everybody. I want to do. I want to read some emails. Haven't read your emails in a while, or at least like a few of them. So uh, I want to read some right now. The first one comes from Nicholas. Nicholas, he asks, "Your first group experience. What was it, and mentally, how did you approach it? Were you all about it and super excited, or nervous as fuck?" I believe the kids call it AF these days. Uh, my first group sex experience, I don't know if we count it as such, but actually technically my first one was um, a failed gangbang. Uh, members of my Patreon community who listen to the bonus episodes, you'll recall that the first thing I did in a group, the first time I was naked around other men, or at least, yeah, multiple men will say, was, um, was a fa- was a gangbang where we were supposed to be jerking off watching porn together, and then she was going to walk into the apartment of this guy, 
and then things were going to happen. But um, after about an hour or so, the woman never showed up, and I was like, I'm out of here. But uh, but heading over to this <laughs> failed gangbang, I was definitely n- nervous and excited because, again, I'd never seen, like, I'd never been around men naked before. Like, even in high school, the showers were single stall. You know what I mean? So I, w- I was nervous, but I was also super excited. Like, I was going to, I was allegedly going to fuck this hot MILF. Like, that was going to be hot. There was a role play involved. Uh, it was, um, there was a whole script to the thing. And, and as we know, I love scenes. So nervous and excited. Um, I would say my first successful one was a Bukaki, my senior year of college. And again, nervous, but nervous just because I don't know how it's going to go down because I hadn't been the one before. Excited because a hot MILF was going to be sucking my cock. So you, you see what I mean? The more I exposed myself to group sex, the more I exposed myself to interesting experiences, the less nervous I was for them. But don't expect to go to one or two things and just feel like you're an old pro because, I mean, they're all different, right? The the first Bukaki was different from my first um, time watching a couple fuck, which was different from my first uh, sex party, which was different from the first time I'd been in a non-sexual nude environment, right? And, and each of these new experiences bring new vibes and feelings, um, ultimately I think, especially as a, as a dude, you should show up excited to be as respectful as possible and to keep your expectations low as in expect to have a good time and be open-minded as to what quote unquote, a good time means. Cause if a good, not, if a good time means you have to achieve and maintain an erection and come and get her off, that's a pretty high bar. So allow yourself the lower bar of just like having a good time, whatever it is you're going to. It seems like this is a you're going to something specific uh, question. So good luck, Nick. Uh, this next one, uh, this next one is the subject line is just, is it inappropriate? Which I'd like to think that if you have that subject line, you know, but uh, luckily for this guy, it, it was fine. Is He says, hey, Billy, it's Mo. We've, we've interacted on the social media before. Uh, the, the question I was asking is, do you think it's inappropriate to offer men money for them to make a clono willy for you? I ask because to me, I can be asked anything and don't really feel any bad way about it. Do you think I should ask guys or just leave it alone? Thanks for uh, taking out the time for the advice. Uh, well, Mo, it depends on the guy. I think that's an incredibly important question. Is the guy a sex worker or someone who regularly makes money for their sexuality? Is he a stripper or does porn or something? Because then absolutely, I think it's appropriate to ask. Yes, Um, because that's who has implicitly asked to be paid for sex stuff, even if they don't offer that particular thing. Um, And even if they say no, it's not odd to ask them. Uh, for, you know, asking me to make a clone of Willie is totally fine because, you know, of what I do. And just to let people know, you know, if you don't know already, clone of Willie, um, they're a company, they, they sell kits where you can make a, a silicone mold of a cock. They provide like a, a baseline vibrator that goes inside the molding. So you turn your dick into a vibrator. 
Now, however, Mo, asking your waiter or some random hot guy on Instagram who's he's just an accountant, but like he also posts his gym selfies, um, that would be inappropriate. Inappropriate. Do not do that. Uh, they did not invite that. Also, you know, if you're going to approach someone for that, you should obviously offer to purchase the Clona Willie and ship it to their home. Or um, or include it in the amount that you send them and let them order it themselves if they don't want to give you their address. And also include uh, shipping for them to send it back, which is, you know, like $10 for that's probably fine. Um, and then, of course, like the amount that they want to do it. So um, I read that email because I thought it was, it was a good one to share with the masses. But what we ended up agreeing to is he ultimately he was, at, you know, he was asking me to clone my willy and i gave him a rate and uh he's gonna be sending me some money soon so i can order one and uh <laughs> send him a billy Presida custom cock vibrator i guess all right this last one comes from dave 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 frequently asks me questions and i do enjoy answering them for him <laughs> uh he sends them often but this particular one i wanted to share he's he writes for sites like chatterbait why is it that models sometimes have a tendency to ask for money repeatedly? For example, sometimes I want to talk dirty to a couple on Chatterbait and then they'll start asking me for money. The thing is that I simply want your advice on what I should do. Like, I should, like, should I lurk more? Um, and my advice, <laughs> pretty simply, is pay them! Pay the man and or woman his money. You paid them their money. Oh, that's a terrible Malkovich accent. I am so sorry to any Rounders fans out there. Yes, you pay them. That's they, they keep asking for money because it is their job. You are watching them on a webcam, on a web on a sex webcam site like Chatterbait. They're not doing it just for the fun of it. They may very much enjoy their job, but ultimately they want money for doing it. Otherwise, they would turn the webcam off and just fuck for themselves. If you want to talk dirty to them, tip them. That's how those sites work. If you want to email me with your, uh, your questions, your comments, your criticisms, your titty pictures, whatever, you can send all that over to manhorpod at gmail.com. I do want to pose this to y'all, and uh, please email me. Um, how, if at all, is the coronavirus uh, affecting your your sex and dating life? Are you also skipping out on orgies? Are you throwing your own private stuff? Are you not taking on new partners? Are you settling down with the dating? Do you have a significant other, but uh, maybe one of you is, is not feeling well? What do you do uh, with the self-quarantining? Do you just both look at each other deeply and romantically in each other's eyes and go like, we're going to suffer this virus together, babe. And then, and then you, you, you swap spit. I don't know. Uh, so again, please email me, manhorpod at gmail.com. Would love to know uh, how you are, how, how the COVID-19 virus is affecting your life. All right. Um, as you've heard uh, last week and today and for the rest of the month of March, you're hearing at the beginning and ending of each episode, you're hearing um, these testimonial bumpers from members of my fan whore community on Patreon. And they're telling you why they joined up and became members on Patreon, why they support the Man Whore Podcast, why they enjoy being a part of the community, why they enjoy nearly 200 bonus episodes of this show on Patreon. Um, 
And I just want to say, my patrons fucking rock. Like, it's so cool. Like, you know, I know I, know I talk about the Peep Show often, and, and I, probably, I think I talked about it last week. But, uh, you know, the Peep Show is, like, a cool way to just have, like, a built-in group chat of, like, 70 new friends. And we all just like to compliment each other and give each other words of support and show off each other's bodies. You know, like, it's a pretty fun group to be in. I interact with a lot of them one-on-one in my DMs and emails. I mean, I, I interact with really anyone who DMs me, but not for nothing. I do tend to give a little bit more of my attention, um, a little bit more of my extra special care to the members. And it's just, it's such a f- cool fucking community. One of my favorite things about uh, having the Patreon is at the $10 level, not only do you get uh, access to the Peep Show and the bonus episodes and the Champagne Room and my private patron-only feed, uh, but I also mail thank you letters. It's actually one of my original rewards that I've offered. Was I I, I write thank you letters uh, with a dirty haiku every month, and I send that snail mail, not an email blast. No, 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 no. This is like hand signed, little notes in the margins. Um, it's almost like getting a little love letter from me every month. And, and, and that's one of my favorite rewards because it's, I, I feel like I'm genuinely connecting with each patron, um, every month because like who sends fucking letters anymore? Well, I fucking do. And I love doing it and not for nothing. You also get a stay slutty button at that level too. But uh, it, it, that, that part's like my favorite part, even the shout outs, uh, which I'm about to do in the fan whore appreciation moment. I love doing the shout outs. Cause like for at least a brief moment, I've tried to research you, you know, for a minute. I've tried to see, like, how I can make your shout-out a little bit more specific to you. Or if there's a little inside joke I can toss your way. And it's cool. It's like getting to know each of you personally. So, you know, not only do I want to say thank you for all y'all for your memberships, both uh, patrons current and past, but I just want to say, like, how cool it is that I'm I'm getting to know all of you all on, like, one-on-one levels. And and I just think that's a really special fucking thing. You know, I crashed at a patron's house in Pittsburgh uh, Monday night on my way to this comedy festival in Michigan. And, you know, like, we just kind of hung out for an hour, chit-chatted. And then, like, I crashed on her couch. And that was really, like, who, who the fuck else gets to do that? What comedians do you know? are so <laughs> financially destitute that they uh, tend to require a free place to stay whenever they can, <laughs> but also get to uh, connect with people one-on-one like that. I don't know. I think that's a special thing. And these are some of the special people that I want to thank for being members of the fan whore community. Shout out to Justin Erickson. Thanks for the testimonial last week. You can hear his, uh, his smooth daddy voice at the end of last week's pod. Uh, a shout out to David. Uh, you know, man, those monkeys in the dungeon. Gotta be careful with those, dude. Uh, who knows? Maybe that those are the monkeys in this outbreak. I don't know. That's an example of like an inside joke thing. If you knew what his email handle was, you know, you'd get it. But that that one's just for David. Um, thanks, buddy, for being a member. Shout out to Strike, uh, who is just the sluttiest of Jedi's. I bow to you, good sir. Thanks for being a member. And a big old shout out and thank you to Jess Clark. You know, you came, you went. I hope you came in the process. Um, I know you I know you showed up for the for the Billy nudes. I hope they were to your satisfaction. Thank you for the explicit compliments. <laughs> and you too can become a member and join our sex positive fan whore community on Patreon for as little as just two dollars. 
And don't be embarrassed by the $2. Some people email me and they say, I've been thinking of doing it, but I want to wait till I can afford a big one. No, no, no. Get on board now, baby cakes. Get on board with that sweet, sweet two bucks. You raise it when you can. We're just happy to have you. So become a member today at patreon.com slash Podcast and make a bunch of brand new like-minded friends. Again, that's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. And now for this week's guest, April Lampert. Uh, April Lampert, she's the co-host of the Shameless Sex Podcast, uh, which you can hear my episode of their show um, this week. I think it came out yesterday or today. So uh, go check out the Shameless Sex Podcast and listen to my episode. And uh, now you're going to get to know April better. I I, I do want to make this note. I previously thought April was a sex educator, too. Her co-host on the show, Amy Baldwin, is a sex educator, and, and she opened a sex toy shop with her mother, which is fascinating. And later this year, you're going to hear Amy on the pod. <clears throat> I thought April was one, too. I did not realize that April is more like on the business-to-business end of sex toy stuff. Uh, she's a vice president over at Hot Octopus, which was my first sponsor. And I just uh, I feel like I missed an opportunity to ask some different types of questions. But uh, but me and April totally connected and kind of just like riffed for an hour, uh, a little actually over an hour, and it was super fun. I had a blast with her. I could talk to her for hours, I'm sure. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with April Lampert. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm head of all the sales and I help with product development, marketing strategies, building new clients. Uh, there's so there's no hat that I won't wear in the company. And was the Pulse the, like the initial product from for Octopus? Yes. Because I fucking love that thing. The I, Solo I, was our <laughs> flagship item. Yeah. I, so you like the, the Pulse like, I have technology. recommended it for years. Oh, I have always awesome. recommended that toy because I think it's the strokeless orgasm is a never talked about thing with with the dick havers. And I'm just like, yo, y'all are missing out. <laughs> For real. And it can help you have multiple orgasms. Have you ever had an orgasm and then put it back on? I have not. The only time I've done multiple orgasms is if I was watching like a JOI video where they were like, we're going to do like come and then come immediately again type of thing, oh. which can be like almost What's painful. What's JOI? JOI is a, ooh, uh, it is a uh, subset of porn. It stands for jack off instructional. Oh. So it's like, it's the one where she's just like telling you to stroke your cock and telling you how, or sometimes there's countdowns. Ooh. And a subset of those, which I do not like, uh, are ruined orgasms. So it'll be a JOI like any other JOI. And there'll be a countdown like many of them have. And then when they get to like maybe three, they're like, actually, no, you don't get to come. And I'm like, what? some people love that, right? Okay. They love that humiliation but like, shit, so, but not for me. <laughs> so that So they kind of conduct this energy mm-hmm. and then say you can't come. Yeah. Even if you're like super excited. Right. Well, I mean, because so it's in, almost like subordinate and dominant. 
hundred percent, okay. which I love that dynamic, yeah. but I don't like this humiliation, you're pathetic, cucky type of stuff. So it's like, I don't want a ruined orgasm. I need, I want you to tell me. I don't want to watch a 15 minute video. And then at 14.42, it's like, actually, no. I'll be like, you son of a bitch. You were waiting for like the, the <laughs> moment when I can release and feel all of the amazingness. Yeah, it's like, I will release, but now I just feel like, now I feel awkward about it because yeah. you just told me not to. You feel like, oh my God. God, I can't, I'm not supposed to do this. Well, <laughs> that's the thing about so with Hot Octopus, which I thought when I moved from the company that I was with, because I haven't been in the sex toy industry now with Amy. Amy is the reason mm. that I exist, my business partner in yeah. Shameless Sex. I should say, I am here right now with uh, April Lamper, one of the, the co hosts of the Shameless Sex podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I love your accent. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, nice one. Wait, where'd you grow up? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Scanny. But I don't really say it like that. I'm like, Wisconsin, love. I love the accents. I can pick them up if I'm actually witnessing them on a regular. Like if I'm in New York for a week yeah. and I'm in the different boroughs, I can do it all right. Yeah. I d was doing it at the Sex Expo when I met you. Yeah. I was like, hey, Brooklyn. <laughs> you know, uh, that's fun. But, that, but like the people from Brooklyn would look at you and be like, She's yeah, you can idiot. just you can just talk yeah, like I this. <laughs> I only do it for a minute. I don't go into a whole rant for sure. Same with, with London, where where Hot Octopus is from. You can tell the different areas, like by street sometimes, right. where the accent is from. Right. It's really cool. But uh, but so how do you wait? How do you meet Amy? How do you link up with her? Amy, so right now you're on a road trip. You're in Santa uh -huh. Cruz. I moved to Santa Cruz from Wisconsin. Okay. Um, I actually moved from Minnesota. I went to college there. I graduated in 2002. Five, so it's been so many years and moved here on a whim while I was studying for my uh, LSATs. So I was. You were going to be a lawyer. I was. Well, so was I. Were you? I, qu I quit that dream at 15, but I was very much oh. from like five to 15 supposed to be a lawyer. I'm a terrible liar. So I, I don't know. You have to on some level fake it till you make it with with lawyering, with being an, an attorney. I mean, well, you really do. What was your reason to not pursue? I started traveling. Uh, so I was starting to study for the LSATs and I had all of this debt from getting my bachelor's degree already. And I was like, honestly, I was like, I need to take some time and just travel. And the more I traveled, I went to Asia and I went to, um, I don't know, South America. I went all over and I was realized that it's not as important to, to keep on this like trajectory of, of the law. Why did I really want to do that? In the first place, it was because I wanted to study environmental law and take these like big corporate bastards to, you know, feel the pain of what they're doing to the environment. That's way better reason than me. I just want to make dad happy. Oh, <laughs> well, that is, that is a way that, yeah. Then I saw Legally Blonde too. I was like, that job's not for me. Could you do the, like the pop, what is the bend and snap. Bend and snap. Oh. I always say pop, lock, and drop. That's not what it is. Very different dance moves. Totally. Both of them are supposed to like draw attention to the ass, but <laughs> that's why I get confused. Very in different ways. I'm not uh, and good I can at... do both. I oh, can you do both. Can. I mean, like I've been told I have a booty and I can do both things. I've been learning how to draw attention to my ass. Can assets. you twerk? I don't know. I probably learn. I mean, I, I was can't. on the NYU step team for three years. I believe I can learn anything. I've tried to watch numerous YouTube videos and learn how to twerk. Never happens for me. I cannot. I'm too white. I do, I, yeah, I don't I know. Guess. I don't know how much Wisconsin gals are supposed to be twerking. So I think you're okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't line dance either. So all the people in Wisconsin are so disappointed. Anyway, I'm sorry. Tangent. This is like so easy to get on a tangent, yeah, isn't it? It's fun, right? I love it. I come in with no questions and I'm like, who knows what will happen? I love that. I mean, I when we do a podcast, so Amy and I, when I met Amy, we were waitresses and she was 
uh, 20, just 21. Okay. I was 23. Obviously, like moved to Santa Cruz from the Midwest. We've oh all been like ride or die for a while. For a while. And we first met and it was, she's loked out Santa Cruz. And, and Santa Cruz is a bubble. If, if, if your listeners don't know, it's, it's Central California on the Monterey Bay. Beautiful, beautiful town. And now it's close to the Silicon Valley. So mm. you have a lot of tech industry, a lot of, a lot of really progressive people. They do psilocybin treatments and all sorts of, of uh, very... Out, out of the box, Eastern medicine mixed with uh, new age medicine. People are not into the typical uh, systems that are in place in a lot of areas. I don't areas. want to put those drugs in my body, man. They're very unnatural. I want to go to this holistic healer while I also reserve it on my iPhone. Yeah, right? It's very natural. Let me just make that book that appointment. But it's but it, Santa Cruz is like that. It's yeah. totally got this very interesting integrated society. And anyway... They don't really like outsiders that much when it comes to, I shouldn't say that, like in a way, Amy only had loked out Santa Cruz friends. Okay. So I was like this girl from Wisconsin waitressing together and I went to this party in Santa Cruz that I got invited to and it was like a Burning Man party because there's a lot of burners. Okay. Amy is one of them. And there, this guy like had a flogger and was like, bend over, I'm going to spank you. And I had never in my entire life been exposed to anything like that because it's so conservative where I'm from mm. and so I bent over he spanked me I was telling Amy about it two days later when we were working together and um, she's like what'd you do this weekend and we had never hung out before and I said well I went to this like crazy party and this guy told me to bend over and then he spanked me and I like slapped my ass really hard everyone in the kitchen was like Burr. and was she, that your first time being spanked in such a totally fashion? totally how because I was how? so dude I never talked about I never talked about sex then <sighs> I didn't even own a vibrator at that point in my life, I was, I was, were you having sex? Um, I was the boyfriend that I moved out to Santa Cruz with was my best friend, bro. I mean, literally okay. we were bros and we hung out all the time. We had sex. I don't remember at this time, like at this point in my life, cause I'm now 37. So this was quite a while ago. Probably it was not like enough to be concerned with, uh, not having enough. So it was often, the frequency was often enough for me not to be concerned. You weren't yet. aware of what you were missing out on, maybe? Right. And he was only the oh. second man I'd ever... No, third man I'd ever slept with. I'd slept with women before that. Good for you. <laughs> like one or two. So Amy turned bright red, though, when I was telling her this story. She turned bright red. And so I was like, I offended you. And she looked at me. She's like, no. I think I love you. I was like, really? Oh my God. And we became instant friends. I'm not kidding. After that, she like got my number and we started hanging out. And I, so Over I met all of the loped out Santa Cruz friends. Story? Yeah, she was. Okay. And I didn't understand why at the time. And then she, later on, she told me she's opening a sex shop with her mom in Santa Cruz. She's studying human sexuality and psychology. She's almost done. And I was like, this bitch is not for real. Like she's waitressing. And she said, she's going to open a sex shop in Santa Cruz. I doubt it. You know, but I was like, yeah. And she's like, I want you to work there. And I was like, I don't even own a vibrator. She's like, we're going to change it. She gave me my first vibrator. And lo and behold, 2008, her and her mom opened Pure Pleasure, which um, was just sold this year, which it were in 2020, last year. So November of last year, it sold. And uh, to Good Vibrations, which was why they basically birthed the store. In Santa good Vibrations Cruz. is on a buying spree. They just that, bought Babeland too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, well, they bought Babeland like three years ago. Okay, but yeah, yeah. Just, wow, okay. Yeah, I mean, not because... The owner of Good Vibrations is an awesome human and 
it's not because he's some greedy corporate asshole. He's really into withholding the sex positivity, um, not withholding, keeping the sex positivity in California or Seattle, wherever, New York, okay. where Bayland stores are, and uh, not having big corporate entities take over, which has happened with other chain stores. So oh. he's awesome. He's into like very communal um, vibes, if you will, in a, in a non-hippie kind of way. He's an old school dude. He's been in the industry since he was, I think he's in, in, in his 20s and he's 70. Jeez. Okay. Joel, yeah. And Krasinski, so, so you go to yeah. work at the sex toy shop and you're like, is your world just fucking changing? Like what you're being, or just even hanging out with Amy. It sounds yeah. like you'd be exposed to new things. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was so, um, it was so interesting how I had to talk to people about orgasms. I had to talk to people about their relationships. You became, what was like the training? Like, cause like you're, it's not like you were that's a, a, good question, a well-versed person. No, I was time. an, un you were, you were getting your first vibrator, which, which, what was the first vibrator? So the Leia spot by Fun Factory, which is weird because I worked with Fun Factory for seven years. They were the first manufacturer I worked with. I like their shake which is, weight. Oh, yeah. That's the, a fun one. I was part of the development crew for that. Oh, that was part of my idea. I wanted The B-balls. I wanted at a raffle and upset a lot of people. Really? Yeah, I was at this uh, this like fund, this like sex worker fundraiser thing at the Museum of Sex two years ago and put my name in like some of the raffle stuff for some of the toys. And the first time like they're announcing something for like vibrating anal beads from B vibe. And, uh, it, I won it. So, and everyone's like clapping cause they see like a guy and it, cause I was like one of the only people with this face like there. And they're like, Oh, good for him. Guy, butt stuff. Like, yay. What? I'm like, okay, thanks. Everyone. I'm trying to make it through this crowded cause I'm on the, and you identify as heterosexual. I'm a, I'm a straight guy, but, okay. oh man, but yeah, the, the, the process, it's not a switch that turns you gay. It's just a button that makes sex. Awesome. <laughs> it's that. so true. It's so true. <laughs> So like I'm on the far side of this thing trying to work my way through a crowd to pick up my thing. And as they're doing it, they're doing the next item. The next item is the Fun Factory bag. And in that bag is the the shake. I forget what they call it, but it's like a shake Oh, the weight. bounce. Was it a, was it a it's, dildo it's a, with it's, three? It's a vibrator that like if you held it, it oh, would feel like a stronic. shake it's a stronic. Yeah. Okay. So I uh, totally, which, which one was it? The one with the ridges? A, maybe a little bit, yeah. It just the idea is if you held it, it it it, it, it pulsates. It like kind of goes yeah. in and out without yeah. actually moving in and out of a thing. It's a stronic. Yeah, that totally. So they read the number for that, and it turns out I had that ticket too. Now all this excitement, like oh, go him, Gwen to fuck this guy. Have you used that product? <laughs> uh, not on myself, but I ended up gifting it to uh, a partner friend of mine. It's a pretty um, cool product. Yeah, no, it's very cool, very fun. I just like it's like the. I didn't think yeah. it would. So I did. I think it was a little too big for me to be comfortable. Was it the um the it was a little too product with the with where it had the base so you could use it anally where it was like the curved up? No, no, it was like a normal one. But like, I mean, I'm I trust myself without the flared base. I know I'm not. I know you're supposed to use a flared base or a curve, but like, I know how to not get it lost up there. Well, uh, I mean, I'll put the way that yeah. toy was never gonna get all the way in anyway because <laughs> that's quite large and there's like the ridges and it's true yeah it's like if you have like the massive i've been anal fisted for two hours yeah. then you can kind of get the things sucked in it is good to always have a flared base though just yes in yes. case you're not being super conscientious about what's going i've shifted the butt plug that i use because the flare base is too small and now i do get nervous i'm gonna suck it all in but um yeah i just uh, you know is and a lot of people don't especially dudes don't realize that it's like you can lengthwise take a lot it's just a matter of like the diameter of the fucking thing you want to go outside buddy 
My dog is being. I won't let you bite my finger anymore. And you I know. Sorry, me? he was biting you. I didn't mind. I was like, I don't mind him biting a little bit. I well, I do. You want to let him out, or do you um, want him he's gonna there? go. He's care. gonna go. He's gonna do the back and forth thing. Doesn't mind. Doesn't okay. bother me. Well, we'll just leave him be. <laughs> okay. Just if he bites yeah. you, I'm gonna be like, yeah, no biting. Okay. Do you want to go? If you want to go out, you're not coming back in. You want to go out? We we want an answer. Can you? <laughs> just la- yeah. Close he's like, you have a down. toy here. Just, just, <laughs> so sorry about that. It's okay. <laughs> There you go. Bigger than him. So um, that's yeah. No, that's, it was just yeah. it was just too thick for me. So I was like, it, it's never gonna. But a lot of guys, I think, think if it's long, they're intimidated. It's like, no, you want to worry about girth because like it once it's in, like you'll be fine. How deep it goes, but it's like for me, it's a matter of like how the wide a a, play, a, a toy is. There, I, you know, speaking of the girth and the length and people, what they think, I would love for someone out there to create a, like a story or like for educational purposes of or like a picture book of different things that get stuck in people's butts that are necessarily unsafe but from the ER so some doctor or nurse out there because I've heard so many stories about the things that people put in their butts like it's an it's unreal it's unreal that I never lost anything in my butt growing up it is I use sharpie markers quite often what because they were smooth like they had a smooth texture. Like a to candlestick. Them. I've heard of people like the. I've not tried the candlestick thing. I know that's like a thing where you stick candlestick in, then you light it, and then yeah. you like go ooh. But it wasn't. For I've me. never lit it. I only started getting into. Wait, anal did play you put, recently. Have you put candlesticks in your butt? No. Okay. No, I haven't put that many weird things in my butt. I didn't have anal sex until two years ago. Okay. I was like never. Not that I was opposed. It just never was. Uh, and I sold more butt plugs in, in Pure Pleasure than anyone else. So then what was the impetus of trianal? It was because my ex-husband, I've been married before and I was divorced like in 2016. We got a divorce. Um, okay. He. So this w- one's like a fair, like it's like about like we, a few years. Two and a half years. Yeah. I think. Okay. Yeah. Right around there. Cool. He's like fairly uh, newer partner. And um, my my ex-husband just wasn't like. He always was into it and interested, but wasn't into kind of the uh, the preparation. It was like easier for him when he was like aroused to just go to the vaginal situation because it takes so much time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes folks like that have, they're excited and they're, they're like, they want they're like, ready. oh my God, let's do yeah. this. And so it wasn't, it was just like on the table he's like but i'm never. hard wait i don't want to have to start doing all the stuff yeah to get your butt ready because my dick's already ready i don't want to lose the dick readiness so so the ex-husband wasn't interested in doing the prep work for anal but were you always kind of wanting to totally do i had okay. a kit i traveled with a kit when i was so when after my uh relationship dissipated with my now ex-husband i had like a little anal kit and i was like okay at some point which consisted of lube a butt plug and this really cute um per, i got them th- from this parisian lingerie designer that i met at this event that i did okay. with fun factory and it was a, a like a thong underwear but that went into a bow that you like tied so i thought it would be really cool and i was like i'm always going to be prepared and there was a vibrator in there as well and it was like a little kit and i carried it around for it i think like a kit. year it was totally and i was like i would want to be prepped and ready for this and butt plugs as we know you do need to wear for a little while so i think my intention there was just like if there was a person that i met i would have the kit accessible and it wasn't necessarily always in my wheelhouse of 
needing to to put in a plug because I was going to get ready. So it's just, that's, I really wanted to experience anal sex. And actually when I first started recording Shameless Sex, we did an anal 101 episode. I think it was in 2017, maybe August for mm-hmm. anal August or July. And, and Amy was going through all the steps and in the episode, and I haven't listened to it in so long. I can't remember, but I was listening and, and, taking notes and knowing that eventually I would lose my anal virginity. And so I listened and had a very pleasurable first experience with my anal virginity, which I hate saying like virginity, like I lost something. But when you brought it up with the partner, like he was just gung ho, like deaf. He is completely (laughs) like open and Mm. fluid when it comes to, what it I, like people uh, folks are into that he's like having having these experiences with so if i wasn't into anal he would be like okay no no worries and since i was so curious about anal and he's 51 mm. so he's he's had a lot of partners he's, he's had done lot, some anal in he's his definitely day. done some <laughs> anal dude for sure he know he de- he he was well rehearsed and he was good about the he's patience been doing anal the since process Boy world was on air no, totally <laughs> probably when was that 92 uh, that late 90s early 2000s okay you know, you that know, was Bobby. You know me. The, the name of the right Bobby and uh, uh, what was the other girl? T- uh, uh, oh, Topanga. Corey and Topanga. Oh, Corey and Sorry. Topanga. You're I think of Bobby's B- World. <laughs> Bobby's World. Wasn't that a show too? But around the same time, uh, on Nickelodeon. Okay, I trust you. Okay. <laughs> God, By I way, hope I'm not know, totally off base. You know? Do you remember the redhead from Boy Meets World in the college years? She does porn now. Actually, I'll share a publicist. It's like Jesse Spano. Uh, Maitland Ward. She's like a new to porn person, but she used to be a, like a regular on Boy Meets World. And no way. Yeah, that's pretty- well. Good for her. Hopefully, she's <laughs> yeah. making money in porn yeah. because that's hard to do. These I heard days. she. I heard she is now the number one chick on OnlyFans. So I think she's doing okay. That's awesome. Well, congrats, kids. <laughs> yeah. I. That's why I support the cam industry. You know, there's all these cam sites mm. and. I think it's important for people if they are using technology and making porn or using the cam, you know, webcams and people are paying them like, and it feels good to them and there's no physical exchange. Awesome. If you're making money, it feels good to you. I've actually tried to tell a few of my friends that were stressed about cash. It's like, have you ever considered the the cam industry? At the same time, it's not nearly as easy as everyone thinks because like you have to like build a presence. You got to start a Twitter for it. You got to, you, you don't know. have to. There are ways you don't have to. I mean, like, technically no one has to, but just what I hear from all the girls I've talked to seems yeah. to be, like, the best way to, like, if you're trying to, like, retain customers and get people in and, I don't know, it all seems... I don't know a lot about it, so you're yeah. probably totally 100% right. I just... Well, you could do your code names, right? You yeah, have, yeah, like, yeah. your code... Just the idea of, like, having... Like, some people think they're just going to make an account and start and they're just going to get customers, but I think they don't realize that a lot of it is about, like fans being into the actual person just like podcasts and just like honestly a lot of the entertainment now it's a lot of people are getting really into the person and then they love the content that person makes um, so they become a fan right so just but, like but podcasts idea, you're right totally yeah, so but with cam girl if you're just like if, if there's nowhere to find you and start like getting into like oh ashley's eating salad today then it's like you know here's they, ashley's I don't, feet i'd rather go i, I don't want kitchen. i don't want to see anyone masturbate on webcam unless i've seen what they ate for lunch you know i don't know 
Uh, have you? Did you watch Euphoria? Speaking of the camp, I have not yet. You but have, I, I really? will get to. Like it's been a, I've been on the road. I've okay. Well, when you're taking moments, it's a heavy show, and for your listeners out there, it has a lot of drugs. So if you're in treatment or sober or anything, it can be triggering. Yeah. I think it's and it's a lot of sex. A lot of there's. So, I hear it's a very sexual show. It's so and sexual. So obviously, I'm like, I will but intense, watch that show. But with teenagers, it's it, it's obviously my partner, as I yeah. mentioned, I don't know if we were recording then, but he has a 15-year-old daughter. And that, the, the, that age range? the protagonist in that show is about 15. Oh. I, I think she is 15. And it's so interesting because... It's like, is this how fucking stuff is? Is this how? And I've asked her. I was like, the kids are doing? is this what the kids are doing? Oh, my God. And then you think like, did I just ask the question? Is this what the kids are doing? Fuck. <laughs> and when you watch it, there is like this whole uh, episode or two maybe about camming. And right. I'm not going to spoil anything. There's no okay. spoiler alerts. I just wanted to know because we were talking about the cam industry and that I I think it sheds perfect light on how it, how it is. So how'd you go from getting your first Vibrera Fun Factory joint at, you know, in your early 20s with Amy working at her in her mom's sex toy shop to being a sex educator with a popular sex podcast? Like what like Oh you, man. So first you learned how to use a vibrator. <laughs> I learned how to use a vibrator and then after I actually use a vibrator I thought to myself, holy shit, I cannot believe I've gone 23 years. So I've been an avid masturbator since I was, I think five, maybe six at the latest. Were it was six. The pillow humper? The pillow humper. I had a teddy bear that I used to hump oh. named Barry. I've heard about a lot of teddy bears again. Dude, it had like this really brown nose. I didn't even understand, obviously, what I was doing. It felt good. Yeah. And I had... But I, I understood that I shouldn't do it in front of anyone. Like, I did understand that. And I had a brother who I knew was doing something because I'd find, like, the J.C. Penny catalog under his bed open to, like, the, the bra <laughs> section. And when I, because I was wait, like... Also, what are you doing under his bed? <laughs> because I would have to... Chores, like, vacuuming. Okay. So I'd be vacuuming, and then I'd be like, what is that? Like, what suck up a page. Tissues? And then I'd, like, be like, oh, I never found tissues. Socks. Socks, really crusty socks. But I did never touch, I never touched the socks. So I knew kind of that there was this hidden secret about pleasure. And so my mom had a Kama Sutra book under her bed that I found, same vacuuming. I used to have a lot of chores. Um, you weren't, you weren't void of sexuality. You were just, it was very a private. It was private and not talk talked about. about. Yeah. I remember, I remember um, when I lost, like when I, had sex for the first time. Amy and I always talk about how it's not losing your virginity. It's when you chose to have sex for the first time if that was consented you know by Nina yourself. Harley calls it that I love. Is, uh, I, I think she coined it. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, making your sexual debut. Which is great. Which I love. Yeah. That's so much cooler. It's like, ta-da, here I am. Here I am. Here you take me. Which, it, it's, it is a big deal. Yeah. And for, at least for for me, in, I was 16, almost 17, and... I did not tell my mom anything. And I was with a college guy. And I remember there was a certain point where I uh, needed birth control. And I went and got it on my own at Planned Parenthood. And she didn't find out until like a year later mm -hmm. that I was on birth control. And yeah. I was a teenager. I'm like, what were you now in my 30s? I'm just so fascinated by her thought process. When I had a college boyfriend, she never checked in about birth control. And when I asked her about it, she was like, yes, I did. I was like, no mom, this was after I l like literally was like going through like trouble with him or right? cause he was in college and, and a crying. And you were like, well, 
well, maybe you should break up. And I was like, but I'm on birth control and I love him. So, and she was like, you are? That's how it got okay. brought up. So uh, coming back to why Amy and, and this whole thing and how I got to where I am today. Well, I, I just didn't realize how reserved you were. And totally. so, that, so, you know, cause Amy, you know, says like, I'm studying human sexuality and all that stuff. And you were just like, I'm in Santa Cruz. <laughs> but I have a huge like my mind is so open and I have a huge capacity to so want to like, understand things. Do you start things. taking courses? Are you reading books? Like what so did you do to... Be- Amy had like this whole process of, of understanding education because she had studied human sexuality. So everything that was instructional, we were... Uh, required there were three of us so it wasn't I was the manager and she was like instructional dvds you have to watch you uh which no I was definitely wanting to watch all of these dvds any of the books that were top sellers that were were selling in in the book section um and there were certain books that we were like hey we were invited to read uh so I did I immersed myself can teach people at the shop or for your, the, Amy's like, you need to learn this. Uh, totally. Yeah. And, and th- the proper, not only dialogue, the proper, um, terminology, ter- terminology, but even the way to address folks that would come in with things that maybe I wasn't like the yuck, don't yuck people's yum thing. Yeah. So that was something that I, w- I never shame people. I always thought it was so interesting to learn about people. I'd be like, wow, that's so cool. Or wow, that's weird. But I'm not like, ew, I never did an ew thing. I was never like that. And I think that's what Amy sort of understood about me with the spanking, which I'd never been spanked. And she thought it was awesome that I had like embraced this thing that I had no knowledge of. And so going into the the sex shop and retail, there were so many folks that would come in and just need someone to, to talk to and to feel like they were okay and they were normal. That was, when I was working there, I felt like that was it. And so I loved, I was a bartender at the time too. So that was almost the same thing, but a more private personal thing. Because when you're a bartender, people share things with you that you sometimes are, are like they're, problems with their spouses or they're cheating or something bizarre and, and off the cuff that they don't want to tell their friends they would tell I've you i've been told i have very inviting eyes so like i have had for since i was a child strangers just tell me things i'm like i don't know why you're telling me this i don't care you do have very inviting eyes what can i say <laughs> so therapy is your thing this yeah. is helping people so right yeah so 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 amy's giving you the instructionals to to so that you can teach other people in the shop and, but, and, but you're also like learning for the first time yourself. You're like, yeah. oh, I didn't know you could do that. Totally. Yeah. And that it's okay. Mm. And that there are things that are uh, maybe that I'm not into that other people are into. And as long as it's consensual and it's not like bestiality where the animals can't consent or it's not something that has to do with people fetishizing children or something that is not consenting adults that's all great. If there are consenting humans involved, then it's a go. And after I got that into my process, I became really comfortable and actually enjoyed talking to people about sex. And it became almost like a natural life purpose that I didn't find it found me. Mm. So how long did you work at the shop? So I worked there from 2008 until I I actually uh, went to Asia for a little while. So I was traveling and I met my ex-husband, which was in 2009, at the end of 2009. And then I moved in 2010. So it wasn't long. Okay. So maybe like a year and a half. And then when I was living uh, abroad, I lived in Israel for about a year. 
Amy and I, Amy came to visit me and she was just telling me, you have to go back to the sex industry. The sex toy industry is waiting for you because she kind of knew I wasn't going to be in Israel forever. And when I moved back, I went to a trade show with her in, I think it was in Las Vegas or LA. And I met the then CEO of Fun Factory and I had planned to move back. And he had said to me, you're great. Well, you want to work at a, at a booth and like at a, at the next trade show at this, uh, I think it was like a woman's expo in LA. And I said, sure. And so worked it. He loved me. And I, and, but, and this, but this is like, yeah, but this is also not without like any, this is also without any other training more than really just what Amy's no, because talking about you. sex is not easy. Yeah. And so I went to this woman's expo and this is what he, this CEO was there. And I was just this green, human that had no experience really other than working the the floor in a, an adult retail store he observed me talking to all sorts of women about kegel balls and there would be 65 year old women and 18 year old women and it was a the the expo was more for hair products and vitamins and i don't know they probably still do it and he was i sold so many kegel balls and vibrators and he was like whoa had no idea because i just talked to people about what they're, because I had researched what the vaginal canal would do. I love research. Hello, yeah. I wanted to be a lawyer. That's what you fucking do. You like, you know, you page through books and books and learn about all sorts of different aspects of the law. And mm. so I was, I learned everything I could about what the vaginal canal did and the pelvic floor muscles and why you need kegel balls. And he was shocked and impressed and he like wanted to hire me immediately which he did. Then I worked another trade show because I was like, well, I'm like in between. And so what are you doing with Fun Factory? I was their director of sales. Okay. So I did global sales for them. For I worked for them for about six years and they're based in Germany. And then I traveled all over the world with them. It was an awesome experience. For what do you sure. think people don't most don't understand about the sex toy market selling space? I don't want to say retail because not the retail because you're not... You're no longer on the on the floor. You're doing the I'm assuming bigger deals. You're not talking about how to sell a dildo to one person. You're trying to sell a dildo to a store, right? That well, it's business to business yeah, rather business than business. That's the that. See, I'm a fake smart person. So yeah, I will pretend I know. No, all those no, but you, it's all about I run into a wall. Yeah, you're like, wait a second. What? <laughs> well, that's the thing because every time I tell folks I work with Hot Octopus, uh, or back then with Fun Factory, uh, and I because uh, it's always like a top. I'm, I think I'm like the one of the fun people to. Invite to a party like oh this is my really uh interesting friend right. well you're in the you're in the intersection of of business and sexuality because right. it's not just because like, on the floor I, th I think it's more sexuality than the business and then like but no it's you're almost like in the corporate sexuality it completely and nailed i it. think that's really i mean the stories i've heard sometimes have been interesting like i don't know i read did you read buzz by all Lieberman. the time yes oh, okay so yeah remember they had the story about the hitachi and how yeah. how that deal even happened to bring it to the states I was like, I don't think anyone thinks about how the Hitachi wand got here. No, you know? no. And it was like in the 80s. Yeah. And they had to bring like, so, like the chick, she had, the, she was like the one Asian chick at the company. She brought her mom just to like help to add some Shay. authenticity. And then like. Shay from, yeah, from Vibertex. I believe so. Yeah. Yes. So it, it's a family business and they live in Napa and yeah, that's how they earn the rights. And now it's not even able to be called Hitachi. They can only call it magic wand. Oh really? Yeah. It's Hitachi doesn't want an affiliation yeah, like, with the product because it's now, and that's, that's my favorite vibrator. I have an OG Hitachi that plugs in and I'm so 
afraid that it will die. That I don't use it as often. If you die, you get the upgrade to the wireless. That should be I a have the wireless thing. too, but it doesn't have the same sensation. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like I side by side. Look, I'm not lying. It's the OG magic wand it has because it's powered by the the wall, mm. like the the. Uh, Whatever the the wattage is is intense enough to like blow out your clit for sure. <laughs> so then, so so, what are some of the aspects of I guess corporate sexuality? I, like what what do we not realize goes into selling sex on a corporate level? I would say it has to be there's there's several layers to manufacturing sex toys, right? Mm-hmm. Especially for companies that are considered to be sex positive. And Fun Factory was at the precipice of this body safe movement and luxury products. Like Mm. now it's been done. Lilo's done it since I think only now, maybe 15 years. Fun factory has been around since 1996. So they've been around for a long time. So I would say that it's so difficult to bring the messages of sex toys to the masses Mm. and have them be comfortable with it. Not only because Fun Factory is a German company and Germans tend to be a little bit more comfortable with not only sexuality, but using don't sex wear the toys. leather daddy thing to Thanksgiving. They're like, totally. Whatever. They and don't have Thanksgiving. There's a lot more <laughs> nudity and the people are, they're a lot, di- they're, they're definitely different than the uh, US folks or sure. Canadian folks or um, whatever country that uh, your listeners. You'll see tits in a commercial. Yeah. yeah. And you have, uh, sex toy companies that advertise on TV on a a network like desired time slot where it's like seven to eight, you'll see a a sex toy company advertising. So I think bringing the messages of it's okay to buy a sex toy and sex toys aren't, they don't have to be fleshy, veiny phalluses. They Mm -hmm. can be, they can be fun. They can be okay. They're not going to take away from your, partner or they're not going to take away from uh they're not going to blow out your nervous your nerve endings and in your in your body parts wherever you're using them and and helping minimize the the idea that sex toys are bad was i when i worked at fun factory i felt like that was my journey and that was something that um you work with marketing on packaging you work with on product development and also on how do we get this message of it's okay to use sex toys to the masses because it wasn't and now it is definitely more accepted and you and you probably i know you've been podcasting for a long time hopefully you felt this movement towards uh I mean, look at CES, that show, the the electronics convention in Vegas that banned sex toys and pleasure products for a while because of all sorts of different political reasons and then brought them back on this year, just this year, 2020. And there's all of this stigma and all of this, I think, judgment when it comes to using sex toys. And I felt like that was my journey when I was at Fun Factory and that we were starting to achieve it. And then moving to Hot Octopus was a, a shift for sure because it, it's penis toys. Penis toys, Volvo owners have had access to products for ages since the <laughs> since the Victorian age. I have, a, I have a comedy buddy, Mike Cannon. He's past guest of the show. And he had six minutes just on the fleshlight. Six minutes just on pocket pussies. He had a Letterman set 
worth of jokes just on that. And he was like, you ladies have had stranglehold on the sex toy market for forever. It's our turn now. It's true, though. <laughs> and now you're finally feeling it. Like, you're yeah. finally... It's still, it's still, though, it's still not regular conversation. When I tell dudes, let's say, okay, so let's not be super politically correct here. When I just tell bros, homies, oh, I work with a, a sex toy company. Oh, really? What kind of sex toy? Male masturbators. Oh, why would I need a male masturbator? I have my hand. <laughs> and I'm like, why do you take a car anywhere when you could walk? You get there more in style and you get there faster and not necessarily faster, but you get there with a little bit more ease yeah. and you don't have to like burden yourself with a rosy palm. You yeah. can actually just use the device. It's 2020. But I don't think dudes even know that masturbation sleeves exist. You know, like that's just like, that's one of many examples of like male sex toys that... You know, I don't think even people, they don't think about it because they don't even think it exists. Well, you know, what like about we the know- fact that they look nasty? A lot of the pocket pussies from back in the day, they have like hair, like fake hair. Have you ever seen those things? I mean, I've also never. They're gnarly. I, I, I stuck my dick in one of those because they, they, they sponsored the show. Like they sent me a free one. This is the auto blow too. Oh yeah. The what? Er, er. I, I know like, the owner, the founder. He's, it's like, he's awesome, but I, definitely Brian. I was like, you know what? I see the appeal for people who don't get laid much, why this would be awesome. And I was like, I think I need one or two extra rings to get me. Because I like a tight, like, for example, on blowjob, I like a tighter blowjob. I don't want to face fuck somebody. It's just like, I'm, you know, I'm sticking my dick into an abyss. I want like tight suction. So I was like, oh, I think I need this to be tighter. The whole thing I was, and then it also feels, you're, you also have to forget that you're sticking your dick in a thing. And it also you know sounds what? like, like rawr, rawr, it was also very loud. I legitimately put headphones yeah. on and played music. So that was, I didn't have to And hear. that's a thing because you are focused when my vibrators are really loud, which the magic wand is loud. I'm really concerned with is my partner's daughter home? Yeah. Is the neighbor listening? Are the windows open and they can hear when they're going into the coffee shop below my house? I don't know. I don't know what it is about like a, a women's vibrator that I like think is so sexy sounding, but the auto blow too sounded like, like a fucking machine. <laughs> Do you ever use cock rings? Um, like I vibrating have, cock rings. I had one. I've lost a charger for it. It was the Jejui Mio or whatever. I'm going to give you the Atom, which from Hot Octopus, before you leave here today, it's a shaft ring. And if your partner digs uh, vibration on the vulva, so... We'll try when she flies in the It's Portland. really great. It's a little... Um, it can be a little constricting feeling on the shaft. It's not for, for the shaft and balls. Uh, I think that those are the best way for both both penis owner vulva owner to actually enjoy hands-free experience that feels good for both because your sure. your shaft your cock becomes a vibrating mass that when you're penetrating whoever you're penetrating wherever you're penetrating yeah. feels really great yeah no cock rings i would like to get more into it like i said i had the one that i really like i just the, the jeju charger. one yeah because yeah I like, the mio yeah, Mio. yeah, I like that one a lot. It's a good one. The charger and it was really expensive, but like, yeah, I got it for free at Babeland. And you're gonna love I'll, the I will try Atom. The Atom. Uh, it's incredible. Are you ever into perineum stimulation? Yeah, it's what the Jejui because it had you. I don't know. You remember how it had like? It's Jejui. It like, it, don't say Jejui. Jejui. Stupid American. A Francais, but they're based in the London. Cock ring. <laughs> yeah. No, I got it. it. I got like, it. it like you could say whatever you want. By the way, I wasn't shaming you. Now I feel no, kind of okay. bad. Okay. I do that sometimes with the with the phonetics and how to pronounce things. Well, it had like almost like almost like a D shape and then the ring. And so actually, like, is because I would almost use it. I enjoyed using it not with the vibrating part. F- 
partner up. Like I used to flip it around over the balls and then like it would actually be vibrating under the taint. I liked using it that way. So which you is a are selfish into that. because then she doesn't. She doesn't get so the vibe. I'll give you the Atom Plus, which is for your. So it actually helps not only kind of constrict blood flow so you mm-hmm. can last longer if you want to. Which is why I even got in, I, it's why I even looked in the cock rings when I was like 25 in the first place because I was a little depressed and I was starting to get nervous about my How boners. old are you now? 30. Okay. I mean, it was, it was a very limited time. That's it, awesome it, that it you're was, 25 and looking at these solutions. Yeah, That's I mean, incredible. Well, I was already doing the show and I thought I hit a Babeland and then we worked something out and they gave me like a little instructional um, in exchange for content and it was like, I don't know. I think I was just ner- I was 25. I was nervous about my boner for no good reason because it was like I was 25. Everything's fine. What were you nervous about? I was just like like, it, like that it wasn't like up to what people it, would it think wasn't or expect. It like what two or three times in a row and like I panicked because I was 25 and I think dudes when our boner doesn't work we think it's supposed to work all the time so you panic really? when really like yeah sometimes it's just you're not into a thing. Uh, but people forget that your biggest sex organ is, is your brain. The brain. Yeah. It's, it really is. And that's part of when it's shameless sex. Whenever we get folks, we have so, I mean, you would, if you could look at my email inbox, like at our email inbox with the questions, almost 80 to 90% of them consist of, am I normal? Is this okay? And how can I be Talk a better my, lover yeah. or how can I have better sex? All the questions can be dumbed down. Like the answers can get dumbed down to like, it's not, it's probably not weird. Like there's probably seven other people who like that. And um, I don't know, ask your partner. Like that's the answer to most of the questions I get at manwhorepod at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, uh, the thing is like asking your partner can be helpful, but it's also well, so, helpful. Well, I, I mean like more like when they ask the question of like, would my partner this, does my partner want that? And I'll be like, I don't know. You have to ask them. Oh, They'll, they're asking if, if their partner would like that. Right, basically like. Like the, would my partner like anal? You're like, I'm not two, sure. Yeah, almost any question I've received one of those two answers of it's fine or ask them those are usually the answers ultimately i find at least and and that's you're 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 right because a lot of folks lack the the knowledge on how to like communicate or Mm. or even address needs or desires within their sexuality because it is a tough conversation to be like, hey, I've had this trauma or I have this shame and I really like this or I really don't want that and I know you're into it. Those are hard hangups or hard hard boundaries sometimes yeah. to, to, to gloss over or to push through. And that's also like keeping the spice, keeping the flavor yeah. alive in your, in your sex life. How do you do that, right? Well, it's I'm- endless, th- the possibilities, but it's also endless to... to uh, to want more yeah. of that fire. Yeah. Well, have, I mean, has there been a difficult conversation you and your partner have had to have in your sex shop? Fuck your sex yeah. Well, what, what's an Hell example yeah. of that? So, uh, God, there's been... So my partner, mm-hmm. I love making out, kissing. And biologically... <laughs> Big fan Biologically, well. you know, a lot of vulva owners... And if you look at stats, I'm not going to put exact percentages out right now because I don't have them in my brain, but uh, there's a large majority and it's above half of uh, humans that are female identified, let's say, that need kissing biologically to start to feel the the turn on sensation. And my partner will skip that step a lot and go straight for to, for the clitorals. Yes. And I'll be like, hey, and I'll like check in and be like, hey, hey, uh, can you just kiss me more? Or hey, 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 you're going way too fast. Or there's, you know, there's like this, this uh 
just beelined for for the vagina. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, hey, can we slow down? So those are conversations. And it's because there's excitement and there's there's this whole drive to to get to this end result, which is what? Orgasm, right? Once the orgasm happens, everyone feels like it's a reward for all of this effort. And it's the pleasure that is that's I guess the quest that people are looking for. For me, I just enjoy the journey of, of if orgasm happens, I feel like that's the, the candle on the cake that I blew out. I'd never go into a sexual experience, even masturbation, expecting it, which when I'm masturbating, it's disappointing. Sometimes when I can't orgasm, I give up. I'm like, fuck it. I, I'm over it because I'm in my head too much. I'm like, Oh, I have too much going on. So those are some of the conversations that I, that I have had with him before where I'm like, yo, you gotta, you gotta make out with me because that helps me get yeah. hot. Well, when you when you first started dating, like, was the fact that you were this sex expert did that cause any strife, or was that intimidating for like? I mean, did that ever cause any sort of tension that you might know more or something? Uh, no. However, it's a, it, that's a good question because we live in such a small town. Santa Cruz is super small, uh, and his daughter at the time was thirteen, and obviously his ex wife and baby mama of the thirteen year old. Uh, has a fucking cell phone and has a laptop and her mom came in and she was listening to an episode of how to suck a dick like a champ i think it's called from or something your podcast from my podcast Ooh. and uh closed it immediately mommy, mom mommy. In. yeah and that <laughs> became that became sort of a challenge uh and at the same time i was like hey mm. it's awesome that she wants a resource or she's curious about this stuff because this is all stuff that she's going to experience later in life or maybe who knows she's 13 at the time she was almost 14 uh she might be experiencing it sooner than later and so it was a it was a topic of conversation there was never Man, anxiety. her mom did not let any boys over like that month after finding that. Because there's only one reason you listen to the specific episode, How to Suck Dick Like a Champion. And it's because there's some like eighth grade boy who wants her to suck his Totally. Penis. Well, they all, they're all, there were girls like sending nudes out, for instance. And yeah, I had a conversation. Felonies, I was like, do not right. do that. <laughs> do not send a nude out. And she was like, I'm not going to. But there were nudes of yeah. 11 year old, 12 year old girls. Do not do that. That stuff's never going away. And so, and like, you could get arrested if someone wants to be a dick about it. Oh, totally. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the legalities, the teenagers or yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> pre teenagers never think of well, that do you, stuff. I mean, does the do the, uh, it's, it's one or two, you said? Three. Three. And are, are they all vaguely in this, like, uh, could be sexual age or just the two of them. So There's he has a, a seven- twenty-five-year-old, okay, so a twenty-one-year-old, and then the fifteen-year-old. Any of them come to you for advice at this point? For sexual advice, no. And that's another piece to the the whole having a podcast, a sexual let's call it sexual wellness podcast. Yeah. You get their friends that know me and their father from my podcast and they'll tell his daughters like, Whoa, I know so much about your dad now. Cause I listen to shameless sex and I'm not ashamed of any yeah. of it. And he, and he's comfortable with it. We don't name names on our, on our show. And that's always been something that we've said from the beginning. We don't want to be like my partner, right, blah, right, blah. Right. We're just like, Hey, they need some sort of anonymity because yeah. of what we're doing. It's, it's, it's sex is taboo and it's hard and yeah it's totally fine and i obviously it's it's 2020 as i keep saying and you can find anyone you can find their social security and address probably faster than you can find 
the yeah. nearest McDonald's, right? I just could, I just easy. could see someone, especially when it's it's a you know the the youngest one. It's you know the for lack of a better term, like the stepmom esque figure or the the dad's girlfriend yeah. or whatever you know, however you want to put it. Uh, when you know that that's what you do for work, I would you know I could totally see going to you know going to you to be like, hey, this guy wants to do this or this. They that, or, don't. Hey, I that? wish they would. And I do you excitedly just like kind of actually, say, I, like, you oh, know what? what? Are they going to ask me? <laughs> the the oldest one does. The okay. oldest one is now dating someone. And she does. They were all single for a long time, sure. and the oldest one just get, got into a relationship. And she started to tell me, and if but if her father's around, she gets like, well, I'll talk to you about this later. I've given them all vibrators, not the fifteen year old, but I've given the two older ones vibrators, yeah. and I'm like, here, whatever you want to do, giving them lube, and I'm like, and. I, I don't want to ever force any of my uh, whatever ad, advice or or anything that they maybe don't want to hear opinions okay. anything that you're not so, thrusting the sexuality no, upon them no and I don't think that we any of us should sure. although when I am at parties if there's a bunch of straight dudes I'm like hey do you know where your prostate is and they'll usually be like what what do you mean. I'm like, do you know where your prostate is? Like, what do you do? And yeah, it's always, because I love teaching straight men about their prostates. I think that's really fun. Did you get the, did, were you teaching him about the prostate? He was like, oh honey, I know. Actually, <laughs> I have. And he was, in, I, I think, pleasantly surprised sure. by what the prostate can actually have as an orgasmic muscle. Like mm -hmm. how much that can actually be achieved with simulating the prostate. People don't understand. Yeah, no, I don't think they'll they'll learn. They'll learn. They'll learn. They're, look, we had uh, Broad City started normalizing pegging, and then girls started putting ass eating back into the conversation. So I just talked about ass eating, and on like with my partner, and on the last uh, podcast that we recorded because I actually licked ass for the first time in my life, like last week. I assume his. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, his. Because I have been into the idea of of doing that, but I'm a germaphobe, like a like a weird. I, I sort of picked up on that. Did you? Yeah, you when you were picking hairs yeah, well, off of the mic. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I know, okay. but I, I still mind. put it on my mouth, so I'm not mind. like that. I don't care. I am a weird. I have a weird some like OCD I mean, tendencies. Do you, feel, do you sometimes feel like this like um this like silent pressure to do and try things that you haven't because you are a sex you know a sex educator that you work in this industry that you have the podcast? That's a great question too. All I, do I like is, your questions. All, all I have are good questions. I, I have no other it. skills. That you know what? <laughs> I've never answered the question like that, and I would tell you, in in honest and transparent way, yes. Mm. Sometimes I feel like I'm more vanilla than my listeners. Mm. And I'm like, fuck, do I need to do more work? And I'm not a swinger and I've never have been, I feel like my capacity for sex is, is vast. I want all of the things and but I want to eat it up. Within the monogamous relationship. No, not necessarily. Okay, I don't okay. always feel like I would want to be in just with one person forever. I have never felt that way. Okay. Um, I, I'm always in, I'm open to a lot of different experiences and to inviting new uh, ideas about or new pleasure again experiences I, I can't think of a better word because it would be an experience like I will always accept those in however the idea of labeling it like I'm a swinger sounds okay. fucked up to me where I'm like oh I'm a swinger and it would have to be with someone that I don't know 
within my relationship confines and that I wasn't seeking out. So it would have to happen like in this organic way. And if it's like a friend, like a girlfriend would come in or a guy friend and it was like this three-way experience, it would be weird for me because I I don't know if I'm I'm like foundationally like stable enough within myself and, and secure enough to, to know that I could go back and feel totally comfortable with my friend that I like you fucked my dude or, or you fucked me like, Oh, it's that's, and that's like, that's my brain and how it works. How do you respond to yourself when you're thinking things like, Oh, am I more vanilla than my listeners? Or am I not trying enough things to be a sex podcaster or something? I respond with, I'll go in my own flow and I'll do my own thing and I'm not going to judge myself. That's not fair. And I feel like I'm, I'm a very sexually open human and I'm, I'm really willing to explore. And I also don't want to label myself as being this, like I'm not, you know, really well rehearsed in BDSM and I've been, I've probably been to a lot more crazy parties or sex parties than most people, but I still consider myself to be vanilla because I'm open to hearing about everyone else's experiences. And then I think, wow, that's like way, like my partner is way freakier. If you could, if you could imagine. Oh, I saw him. I can imagine. Totally. He looks like it. Yeah. He's (laughs) like, he's totally. And he always says that he's like, it's so funny. And, but like, I, I love, new experiences and I'll be like choke me or or like tie me up I love that kind of stuff but I wouldn't be like I'm a kink person or I'm into fetishizing being you know a slave or so those are the things that I'm not comfortable with and I'm never saying no to those things Mm -hmm. never saying like no that's never for me I'm like right now I want to get more a little bit more like secure my relationship it's two and a half years old we're still working at two ex-wives and three daughters or a lot of female energy and so I I'm only you know divorced since 2016 so there's like things that I have to work through within myself and I praise all the folks that are listening to shameless sex and and opening up about their sex life and opening me up to maybe thinking outside of my own brain Mm. box so yeah fantastic yeah. well april uh you know i i'm also looking forward to to doing your show i know in a, you're gonna in a be week on our show two. that's gonna be great because you're driving up to portland and i'm gonna come on back down and you'll be at amy's house at that one Fun. You're at my house now is it is it also how as, long have we been recording uh, i was that's why I was it's over an it. hour well, we just crazy. hit an hour oh my yeah. god it's gone so fast yeah no we just chit chat if you didn't have the show that you had to go to i, w- I would have kept going <laughs> i know i know i'm supposed um, to go to berkeley i'm like is it really gonna happen it's not yeah i don't really want to go what, what's the show it's amazing band dirt why have you ever heard of band dirt wire no. have you ever heard of beats antique I'm a I'm the worst music person, babe. If I you're listening, too. my girlfriend's way more in the music. If you know any of this, can you tell me? <laughs> it's like gypsy kind of rock music, and I say that because it is kind of it has like these. I've heard older, this gypsy rock. Yeah, stuff. it's cool. I have heard it. It's really cool. Well, I didn't and know this. It's band. very. Um, it has like notes of bluegrass and folk, and it's all- very Berkeley. It is very Berkeley, and I've been made a promise for 2020 to to hear more music and to go to more shows because I don't do that enough. So that's why is it going to happen? Hopefully, I mean it's like a it's like an hour and 45 minute drive right now. My partner, I was like, I'm going to record the podcast and then figure it out. So and then he's like, I'm going to make this big weed deal. Yeah, right. <laughs> I walk in and it's like this monstrous. And you let me know if I have things up. This is yeah. monstrous bag of weed. Yeah, we should probably not on say the that. kitchen counter. <laughs> Actually, we could say that Santa Cruz Roots is his brand. 
Check out awesome. Santa, Santa Cruz Roots. Yeah, Santa Cruz Roots. We'll put they, it in the show notes. There, yeah, show it. notes, Santa Cruz Roots. <laughs> so thank you for having, yes. I can't wait for you to be on our show. Thank I'm you for all it. of it, like your openness and and bringing sex positivity to, I think a lot of, of folks that identify as men need to know that they are normal too and to have a quest for for the inner inner sex positivity that we all should long for. Thank you. Yeah. Well, until they hear me on your show, where can they find you? So, shamelesssex.com. Uh, that's our website, obviously. We are on all of the podcast apps. I mean, there are so many mm-hmm. now. I mean, from Luminary to Pandora to Spotify to iTunes to Google Play, anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find Shameless Sex. And if you follow us at Shameless Sex Podcast on Instagram, we do tons of contests. I mean, almost one every month or bi-monthly. She's giving away sex toys all the time. She is, she's like, I'll give you a sex toy. Hey, uh, you know, a partner's daughters. And you get one. And you get one. We really do. We we love, and we're doing a lot of really interesting things for Valentine's Day. I don't know when this is airing. We're doing not only sex toys, but massages. And there's, and it's all not, they're not like weird massages. They're consensual, actual muscle massages to help yeah. your body and CBD giveaways and a lot of different, uh, products. Basically, that if you want to get free shit, go follow Shameless Sex Podcast on Instagram. Because yeah. Have you heard of Clona Willie, a Clona Pussy? Yeah, we've 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 given away Clona Willie. Those on are here so cool. Yeah. Those are the we do I stuff with one, them. I just haven't made it yet. Yeah, I think I think it's awesome. I mean, that's like that. That's where you can find us. I mean, that's probably the best way to find us. Facebook is. I feel like Facebook's going out. What do you think? Uh, I think Not- it depends. I think in our industry, Facebook's very rough because there's a lot of baggage censorship too right sexuality stuff or god forbid you exist as a woman you know stuff like that the pesky things yeah (laughs) like gender that uh they're just like bumping it down like it's you know it's very difficult for me to advertise a a a live podcast i might do totally um, youtube's hitting that way as well yeah you yeah so i i have the facebook page we have the Man or Podcast Facebook page. We just use it for like a lot of fun memes, articles, and like updates. Yeah. And every once in a while, if I, if I have a really good orgy joke that did well on Twitter, I'll put across. I like it that. I like good yeah. orgy jokes. I know we don't we don't do shit with our Facebook, so mm-hmm. we are not on Twitter really either. I mean, Twitter's hard. It's like, hey, here I am, blah blah blah. I don't know. I'm a, I mean, I'm a words guy. That's why I, I love. See, my you love Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. So like Instagram's a thing. I have to I have to learn how to do the visual medium. Uh, but like right now, I'm just like learning how to take more thirst traps. So I'm just trying to like test it out there. I appreciate people that are words people that can just. I, mean, I am a comedian. It's like the, I know the only thing completely. I should be able to do. Yeah, you're like <laughs> I can't do the visual. I like the the uh, the just the what is it like uh wording it out there's a word for it what is it i want to watch you try to find it damn it yeah (laughs) sounds like two words no two syllables um i'll think of it and we'll come back to it shamelesssexpodcast.com uh shameless sex podcast go find it and uh april why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody i can't wait to uh have you on our show man whore love that name and to all you fabulous man whore listeners out there I love you. Thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. Ciao for now. Woo! Uh, I, you know, I think I think I owe y'all a follow up with April. Uh, I, th- I have so much more I could ask her and kind of probe her on. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to hear from her again at some point. Uh, again, go f- follow her on the socials and go check out the Shameless Sex Podcast if you need an episode to start with start with mine we had a blast we talked about uh you know uh, sex parties and such uh, of course you should be following me on social media honestly 
I recognize some of your names when you follow me on Instagram. And I go like, it's been like almost six years. You're starting to follow me now? What's going on? But hey, I get it. A lot of you think you're following me on Insta. But remember, my Instagram got taken away. So go just double check that you're following me. Go check out at Billy is Presida on the gram. Uh, I'm still at the Billy Presida on Twitter. And uh, you should also go like the Man Whore Podcast Facebook page. Uh, for this month, all the way up until the NCAA uh, Finals Championship, we are doing a Man Whore March Madness Bracket. Every day there's a poll going on on one of my social media channels trying to determine what is and was, so far, the best Man Whore Podcast episode. Uh, I have seeded the, what, what I deem to be the top 64 episodes uh, that have come out over the years. And, uh, and I'm leaving it to you to help me figure out which one's the best. So uh, every day, go check my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook fan page. Participate. Let your voice be heard. Consider it like uh, you're practicing voting for November because you should all be registered to vote for November. It's important. And uh, so is my silly slut bracket. <laughs> And, uh, and one more thing, everybody. We are trying to reach a really awesome milestone. It's six years of Man Whore Podcast next month. Our anniversary is April 16th, 2020. And uh, I want to celebrate by growing the Fan Whore community on Patreon to 600 members by April 16th. And hey, don't feel bad if you need to cancel your membership on April 17th. Right now, I just want to see if we can have at least 600 members on my six-year anniversary. You think we can do it? I do. I want you to join us. We're over a third of the way there. So again, go to patreon.com slash Podcast. And once we're in April, go ahead, throw that $2 down, and, uh, and watch that patron count rise. I know we can do it. And it would mean the fucking world to me for all this hard work that I put in for you week in and week out. I love doing it, and, and but I also would love to see that nice big 600 number. I hope you'll help us reach it. I hope you'll uh, join the community and make some new friends. Next week, we've got porn star Brooklyn Chase, everybody. Oh, she was a delight. If you're feeling sick, if you got a little bit of a fever, stay home. But you can still stay slutty. Hello, my name's Andrew, and I'm a listener from over in the UK. I joined the Patreon community two years ago. I joined because I spend a lot of time in my car for work, and I was enjoying the main pod so much that I wanted access to all the bonus episodes. The bonus episodes really are great. Billy does put a lot of time and effort into them, and they help pass some of my time commuting. I've also reached out to Billy a couple of times over the years, and he's always been a great guy, offering to help and take time and offer advice where he can. I really am happy to be a member of the Patreon community. The Facebook group is great. Lots of like-minded individuals offering advice. If you can, I would recommend joining the community. It really is worth it. Just give it a go. Thanks. Bye.